Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to Truest Blood, the official True Blood podcast. I'm Kristen Bauer. And I'm Deborah Ann Wool. And you've been invited in. I want to do bad things with you. On Truest Blood. Welcome back to a new season of Truest Blood, where we sink our fangs into the series bite by bite. Now, we're switching things up just a little bit this season. But no need to be alarmed. We are still bringing you in-depth interviews with all of our favorite creators. And as always, you will get a sneak peek behind the camera to see what it really takes to make a show like True Blood. We're just going to quicken up the pace a bit and cover not one, but two seasons of the show. So buckle up for seasons three and four. And our first episode is a special live edition of Truest Blood from Monster Palooza in Pasadena, California, with special guest star Todd Lowe and Janina Gavankar, our producer. It was such a pleasure to record live, and we hope you enjoy. Oh, it's live, baby. It's live. (laughs) Thank you all so much for being here. We're excited to share the podcast with you. So, Kristen, I think without further ado. Oh, that's me. Hi. (laughs) Hi, I'm just so happy to be here. We're usually on Zoom, you know, or the program we use. So it's just so fun to be with you two and all of you. Yes, my loves. Thank you so much for joining. Shall we begin? All right. Here we go. Welcome to Truest Blood, where we sink our fangs into the series Bite by Bite. We first want to say hello to our live audience here at Monster Palooza. And this episode is kicking off season three of the podcast, where we will cover both season three and four of the hit HBO original True Blood. We'll be bringing you interviews from the hottest stars, and I mean the hottest, right? You know who I'm talking about? And creators behind the series. And letting you all in on a little backstage secrets 
from the show. Yes. Now, usually we start our episodes with a little recap of the material that we're going to be covering, and I'm here to tell you that it is nearly impossible to write a recap for an entire season of True Blood. Of um, course she did it anyway. <laughs> we, we attempted it anyways, and so here we go. It's so nice she's saying we, because she did this. <laughs> she did all this work, and it is unbelievable we're, we're gonna what try. happens in a season of True Blood. It's here insane. We go. Okay, you Ready, strap in. This season on True Blood. Bill and Sookie sitting in a tree, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. <laughs> when, we, when last we saw them, Bill had just proposed to Sookie before he was so rudely kidnapped. <laughs> Sookie goes to Eric for help, who sends a hunky lycanthrope, that yes. is a Deb $4, That's a $4 word, word right there. named Alcide, to protect her. After some werewolf shenanigans involving Alcide's wild, V-addicted ex-girlfriend, they learn that the vampire king of Mississippi, Russell Edgington, is responsible for Bill's disappearance. Russell has led an army of werewolves for centuries and desires to expand his territory into Louisiana. <gasps> when Suki and Alcide arrive at the King's Mansion, it appears that Russell and Lorena have returned Bill to his old head-twisting ways. Wink, wink. Remember but that? when Suki reveals her unique talents in front of Russell, his interest is piqued. Fantastic! <laughs> and Bill can't help but leap to defend her. Sweet home, Louisiana. After finding his stained underwear-wearing birth family, <laughs> oh my gosh. Sam returns to Merlot's to discover that his broke and colorful folks have followed him home and intend to stay a while. But the reunion isn't all peaches and cream. When Sam learns they have been sending his shape-shifting brother Tommy into dogfights for money, things get testy. Meanwhile, Annie and Jason scramble to conceal the truth about Eggs' death. And when Andy steps up as the new sheriff, he makes room for Jason as a deputy. Oh, dear. Hot on the new job, Jason has a few run-ins with a mysterious woman named Crystal, whose violent fiancé makes for plenty of trouble. Jessica struggles with her guilt over killing that trucker uh, <laughs> Sorry, and refuses trucker. to get involved with Hoyt again for his own good. In turn, he tries dating someone his mother would approve of, despite his lingering feelings for Jess. Meanwhile, Arlene learns she is pregnant and must find a way to tell Terry that the baby is Renee's. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Unless she can find a way to stop the pregnancy with the help of Merlot's newest waitress, Holly the Wicca. Only the strong survive. Tara is distraught over Eggs' death and attempts <laughs> to take her own life. To help her, Lafayette takes her to visit his mother in a psychiatric facility. He reminds her that the Thorntons and Reynolds may have a crazy gene, but they are survivors. Lafayette starts a flirtation with his mother's sympathetic nurse, Jesus, but it ends before it gets going when Jesus learns that Lafayette sells drugs. Tara also hooks up with someone new, a vampire named Franklin, uh, who is secretly in town to look into Sookie on Russell's orders. What is the deal with Sookie? That's your line, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking Sookie. He forms an, obsess an obsessive attraction to Tara, glamours her, and takes her to Mississippi, where he intends to make her his vampire bride against her will. <laughs> Poor 
Sarah. It's unbelievable oh what these God. writers do to her. Okay, that was a battle royale. It all comes to a head at King Russell's mansion. He declares his plan to marry Queen Sophie Anne, secure his domain over Louisiana, and keep Sookie for himself. <gasps> all seems lost until Tara uses her wits to escape from Franklin. With the help of Al C, they rescue Sookie, who then saves Bill by finally ending Lorena with a stake to the heart. Okay, okay, mm. we're halfway there. Okay. You guys with us? Still with us? <laughs> is everybody still with us here? Yeah. Okay, all right, here this we go. A, yes, great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, the werewolves attack, led by Debbie the X, and the party escapes by the skin of their teeth. Still in his depleted state, Bill accidentally drains Sookie to near death. While in her coma, Sookie meets her fairy godmother, like you do. Claudine and Bill discover that, curiously, Sookie's blood makes him less vulnerable to the sun. Mm. Big trouble in Fantasia. Eric and Pam feel the pressure when the Magister wants to know why they've been selling vampire blood. They lie and say it was Bill. Um, But now, (laughs) Eric must deliver Bill or the Magister will destroy the one person he truly loves. Pam. Pam. This also sends him to Mississippi, but his plans are immediately thwarted when Russell already knows all of his secrets. They all head back to my Fantasia, where Russell forces the Magister to marry him to Sophie Ann, and then decapitates him. Riding high, Russell again goes after Sookie with his faithful werewolf pack. Bill and Jess manage to hold them off while Sookie takes Debbie Pelt out. Back in Mississippi, Eric kills Russell's progeny. This it's sends, a sexy, sexy in a scene, sexy though, sort of you know, way. Yeah. <laughs> and this sends Russell into a rage. He goes on national TV, kills the anchorman, and vows revenge, shattering any illusion of human vampire equality. Why would we seek equal rights? You are not our equals. We will eat you after we eat your children. Now, time for the weather, Tiffany. <laughs> Louisiana dreaming. I love this show. <laughs> Lafayette and Jesus take their budding relationship to the next level Aww. after Jesus sees the healing power of V and reveals that he is, he is a brujo. They take V, hallucinate about the dark magic of Jesus' ancestry, and begin to uncover many of Lafayette's hidden gifts. Jason discovers that Crystal is part of a community of... Where Panthers? Oh my God! It never ends. <sighs> when the DEA is sent to raid the settlement, Jason and Crystal go to warn them. But at the last moment, she is snatched by her fiance, leaving Jason on his own to defend her people. It's not. It's not going to end well. Hoyt declares his love to Jessica, who then saves him from a jealous Tommy in pitbull form. They get back together, but this time on more honest terms. Arlene finally admits to Terry that the baby is Renee's, and true to form, he promises to raise the child as his own. Ladies and gentlemen, the real hero of True Blood, Terry Belfler. That's man. I know. Yes, thank you. Sam goes on a bender as he deals with his history of criminality and abandonment. Tommy uses this lapse to steal Sam's money and then runs. Meanwhile, Tara starts the slow journey to recovery after learning the truth about eggs and vows to create a new life away from these crazy writers and this unbelievable (laughs) show that keeps torturing her. She drives out of town, leaving everything behind. A new woman with a new haircut. (laughs) 
The Return of the Living Dead. Suki ends up at Fantasia to confront Eric, but instead they make out a little before he puts her in his dungeon <laughs> as bait for learn. Russell. As you do. Boy. Working together finally, Eric and Bill convince Russell that he can daywalk if he drinks Suki's fairy blood. In truth, of course, it is only temporary, Duh. and Eric is prepared to meet the sun with Russell to ensure Russell's true death, but with a vision of Godric. Eric instead chooses to encase the now-weakened Russell in concrete without Seed's assistance. Bill tries to leave Eric to the same fate, but Pam Aww. swoops in to save Eric before it's too late. You know, blah, blah, vampire emergency, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric storms over to Suki's house to ruin yet another touching vow of love from Bill. Another one. Another one. And reveals that Bill has been working to procure Suki for Queen Sophie and from the very beginning. What? <gasps> Suki, fed up with both of them, rescinds their invitations and runs to Grand's grave. When her fairy godmother appears to her this time, she takes her hand and disappears. Season three, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. <laughs> Holy heck. That so. was, this was, it was, it was 10 pages <laughs> and I cut it down to three because <laughs> my Lord. My goodness. And, you know, listen, there's a lot going on in the show and, and there's a lot going on here. Do not pull at the fringe on the sweater no. because the whole thing might unravel. It might just that fall is, apart. That's something I learned from you in like 2011. <laughs> it was like, don't pull. Just enjoy it. Just you know, enjoy. what is it? From Clueless, the full Amone. Cozy, right? from a cozy sweater, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. me. Fairly clueless, by the <laughs> way. So you may have noticed an empty chair at the end of our, our hmm. lineup here, Kristen. We have a very, very special guest today. He is an integral part of the show for all seven seasons. Mm -hmm. You will remember him as the troubled yet lovable Terry Belfler. Please welcome to the stage Todd Lowe. Todd Lowe! Check, check. Hello. Yes. yes. Big round of applause for these lovely ladies for having me. <laughs> You know, I, I've listened to a few episodes of the show, and it's um, late at night, and your voices, they're, Aww, they're very gorgeous. liquid, and dare I use a kind of an ugly word, but I don't mean it ugly, they're very liquid and wet. All right, okay. <laughs> I feel it's like better than moist. In audio. It's better than moist. Yeah, yeah. Isn't wet, yeah. wet is good in audio, okay, right? Okay. It's good it in is. audio. I it's think also wet is good. good on this show. A lot yeah. of things were liquid and wet on this show. Oh, boy. I meant the blood, you guys. Come on. <laughs> sticky, sticky. Sticky. We'll say sticky and yes. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, you're welcome for that. <laughs> Way to start it out on a creepy <laughs> night. A, good, a good role here, yeah. I just want to say that Todd has done 66 episodes of True Blood, 45 episodes of Gilmore Girls, 31 episodes of Avenue 43, five episodes of Shooter, and over 20 stage productions throughout his career. He is a singer and a musician. That's why he did Check Tech. Yes, I was like, that's a singer and a musician. Pro move. And thank you so much for being here, Todd. I'm delighted. Thank you all for having <laughs> me. Thank you very much. 
So yeah, so let's start off. We usually, we're fascinated. Everyone seems to have an interesting story about how they got this job, what brought them into True Blood. But then you and I are kind of unique in that we came on as guest stars, and I guess Kristen, you as well, and then were promoted to series regular. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got the job and then what that was like transitioning from a recurring guest to a regular? Sure. So uh, the first season I auditioned along with everybody else and had a call back for Terry. And then those great calls you get later in the afternoon when your agent calls you. It's like, they want you. Be ready on Tuesday. And you don't know if they want you for one. They were very clandestine about it. And so I immediately Googled the Charlene Harris books and my character's name. It's like, he's in the eighth book. It's got to stick around for a while. And fortunately it did. And then on the first day of the second season, my name's going to be in the credits, you know, in those cool credits somewhere. And I, so I, sometimes I'd be on the rattlesnake, you know, when the yeah, rattlesnake is yes. talking. Yeah. That was a big game on the show is seeing where your yeah. name landed. Because it would move. It yeah. would change. As the numbers changed. Yeah. But we were on the lot going, I was walking to the Merlot's set and I recognized somebody who I'd seen and it'd been a minute. And we made eye contact, and then I realized it was a manager who had fired me from a, <gasps> from a waiting job. Oh, oh my god! And er erroneously, he had fired me. Oh. And he's all in the cool, you know, Louisiana clothes, skin-tight jeans, and I hadn't gotten into wardrobe yet, you know. But so, okay, he's obviously background. But we meet, <laughs> and we still have that dynamic of, I trained you at your job. I fired you because you didn't show up. Well, that's the dynamic he was trying to say. That's what he was saying. And I said, no, I gave you permission a month. He goes, yeah, that was like three years ago. It's like, no, it was New Year's Eve, 1999, <gasps> on the switch of the millennium. A very memorable date. Yes. Ah. Anyway. So what you're saying is your first day as a series regular was the best day of revenge you've ever had. Yes, exactly. Got it. That never so happens. We start, we start walking to set, and I, I start to walk into the Merlot's soundstage. He goes, bro, where are you going? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I think I know what this is. It's like, no, 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 man. Trust me. Follow me. We're going to, we're going to background holding. And, oh. and then it became like a delicious like, five-course meal. Yeah. It's like, how long <laughs> can I stretch this? And uh, so we go, and I'm like, I'm going to get an apple from Craft Service. He goes, bro, what are you doing? You can't get those yet. Oh you have to gosh. wait till the cast gets oh them. Oh, my gosh. And I go, and uh, I'm just kind of sitting around, and he's, like, kicking it with some of the other female extras. And, like, he's the big cock of the walk back there. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, they got me for three days this week. How about oh you? And I was like, no, oh, this is the only day I'm working. <laughs> and then the AD comes and gets me. Todd, you're supposed to be on set. We're doing a rehearsal. And I was like, oh, man, I got I to gotta go. I so I go, it. we rehearse it. I go back and do hair and makeup, get the wardrobe on, come back. And the scene is I'm carrying out like a bowl of soup. And then some people are giving Arlene a hard time. And uh, so I set the soup down and go defend her. And he happened, they have to place him right. Oh, I love it. Yes. Ooh, right where I'm, you, so I, I set the soup down uncarefully. <laughs> and it flops all over him and a little bit of his wardrobe. And then I go and do my scene, and then we go back to one that's reset, and I come back, and he's not even mad. He just says, bro, how did you get lines? Oh, my God. He still cannot understand. He didn't process it. You... So, yeah, it was the best revenge story. Yeah. And then he saw your had. name under a rattlesnake, and that's the rest right. is yeah. history. Yeah. Well, and it's season two, so at this point, it's really on him, because you were on the first season. Yeah, I know. He didn't even watch yeah. it. But yeah. Didn't even do his Unprepared. research. Unprepared. Yeah. 
It never happens. Like when I see an ex-boyfriend, I'm always looking my worst. <laughs> right at Home Depot or whatever. Yeah. Like There's I, no I never... looking your worst, my love. Have you met yourself? <laughs> Babe. Babe for life. That's so nice of you. But the, you, they've seen me on Zoom. <laughs> so, so you mentioned Arlene. You had the enviable position yes. of working closely with Carrie Preston. Yeah. Oh, what a what a dream! Can you share what it was like to build the relationship between Terry and Arlene, all the way from the Marianne orgy, and Ooh. then to being a family <laughs> together, raising children together on television? Yeah, she's such a wonderful actress. Yeah. And when we had to shoot that orgy scene, I mean, <laughs> you get intimate quick on the show. You know, intimacy, and then the show had set a pretty high bar for male beauty, and it's like. Todd, you might be out there with your shirt off. I was like, oh, God damn it. Uh, I got this KFC coupon I got to use. But I guess I... Uh, so I went to one of those hot yoga classes oh, where it's, no. you do yoga in like a 106 degree Oh, my room. people made that. Oh, I did it. Um, I'm Indian. So. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I got to laugh. Anyway, keep going. So it's hot as hell in those. And I went to like three. And on the third day, and I wasn't eating... And Not. I oh, no. passed out in the middle of the class, and then the pretty girl was over me, like, do you want some coconut water? No, <laughs> in the class? Yeah, they, had to, they took me to the restroom. It was the only place with air conditioning. Oh, <laughs> and, but I shed, like, six pounds in two days. I was going to say, yeah, 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 but how did you look? Yeah, I looked okay. They still kept half my shirt on, so I wasn't like... <laughs> I wasn't, you know, right, yeah. We do not advise this no. kind of... Process. No, 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 no. In fact, yeah. in fact, I would offer. We those nights were so cold. It, a couple extra pounds probably could have done you some good. Yeah, that's right. Too. Oh, and I learned the movie magic trick because oh, yeah? it was so cold. Uh, and it's supposed to be the middle of the summer in Louisiana, but it's 35 degrees out there. And they came and they put ice cubes yes. in our mouth. Yep. So we wouldn't have steam escaping. So they did that with the vampires because we're not supposed to breathe or be warm-blooded. Okay. So it didn't matter what the weather was. We were sucking on ice cubes wow. all the time. Wow. Evil. Yeah. But it worked. It's so interesting because you two were in Merlots. Were you ever in Merlots? Yes. I went there a few times because my man owned it. That's so. right. <laughs> oh, she was almost, oh, she was right. almost Mrs. Merlot. <laughs> oh, so right. You were right. You were almost <laughs> Mrs. Merlot. This is Merlots. Merlots. Right. Oh, it's Merlots. Right. You, so they'd be the Merlotses. Yes, yeah. exactly. I was almost a Mer, one of the Merlotses. <laughs> it's so funny talking, because one time Janine and I were on the phone, and she's, we were talking about what happened in which season. And she's like, no, that's the season where you stole my kid. And I'm like, I stole your kid? Like, she yeah, goes, yes. she was a dog, remember? She was a dog. I'm like, I sold your dog? No, it was my kid. It was a dog. Oh, well, when did I, did I do that? Yes, at Fangtasia. I go, we had your do kid dog at Fangtasia? I was like, this should be the podcast. It really should. <laughs> the conversations we, we get into. We did so much crazy shit yeah. that it's hard to remember. But I'm always amazed that you were on a different show. Yeah. You crossed over to yeah. both shows. But in Merlots, you worked with all these actors I didn't get to work with. And had completely different challenges. I'm leading up to a question where I don't want to lead the witness, but there was a, you worked with a particular animal I've never even seen. You're talking about an armadillo. I <laughs> am. We're talking about the armadillo. You worked with an armadillo? Yeah. they had Many. I had a pet armadillo. My weirdo character, Terry, and I had a pet armadillo that they yes, wrote in for right. me. Yes, that's right. And then we had a fire and... 
we had to save everything from the house, our crazy little Mikey baby. Yes. And <laughs> we wondered if he was the one that set the fire, but it was actually right. the Efrit and all this. <laughs> Efrit. Sure. And That's coming up in the, in the yeah. subsequent yeah. season. So yeah. there's ashes of this fire, and they had written in that I had to go and run in and save this armadillo. Ever the My hero. pet armadillo. And I saw the handler, the guy who had brought the armadillo, and his hands were all shredded up and just like scars all over it. No. He says, when you pick it up, you got to get him under here and under here and like make sure you don't, mm, not like that. So I'm like, <laughs> no. I remember like cut his handler and I said, I got to pick that damn thing up. And uh, so I went, I said, can I have some work gloves? And the writers like make a little conference. It's like, well, Terry wouldn't have time to have his work gloves. And I'm like, bullshit. They were in my glove box in my truck. I had time to run out there and get them. Good so anyway, you. I got that. They let me wear the gloves to handle the thing. And I'm picking it up, and you can see it on the shot. Aww. As I'm holding it up, and I'm talking to Sam, the thing shat <gasps> on my foot. You can see the squirt. You can see the... Wow. It's in there. It's there. Just needs to rewatch. And I was wearing yes. flip-flops, and it was just disgusting. No. Yes. It was awful. Yeah. I mean, this is... On, I know I'm going to go on my... You know my soapbox. It's coming, you know, if you follow me on Instagram. But this is why animals should not be... That thing was scared shitless. Yes. Hey, there literally, you go. Literally Sorry. Good turn of phrase. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I mean, True Blood, I mean, it was like acting roulette. You yeah. never knew the ridiculous thing. Because, you know, when you get your schedule, it's something called a one-liner, and they summarize in like one sentence what happens in the scene and I'm sure you got that and it was like Terry runs into burning building to save an armadillo yeah. and you're like okay I guess yeah. what I saw and I'm doing Tuesday yeah. like I'm game I remember we were at Mishka's house who shoot Michelle Forbes who played the main ad and I and I was just circulating and I walked past you talking to Russell Edgington and you to Dennis. Dennis O'Hare. And you were like, "Yeah, I'm some sort of like fire ghost." And and well, then the other person said, "I think I'm a puppet." <laughs> and I was like, "I love this job so much. <laughs> the things that I would overhear." Because yeah. I I just have to share this quickly with the audience because I wrote to Todd and said, "Hey, is there anything I wouldn't know to ask about?" Because I wasn't in Merlot. and he sent us some good questions. Tell us about the dentist appointment you had before you kissed Carrie. Root canal? Is it, this happened? You had to have a root canal. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Wait, what? Before your first I kiss? I had a terrible toothache, and they always come at the worst time. Oh. And then there's a kissing scene coming up, and it's like, let's get this out of the they, way. We never it, just kissed on True Blood, well, let's be honest. I wasn't as hot as the rest of y'all. That's so hilarious. They Continue. Didn't put me into the the most intimate We situations. disagree. We think Terry was crazy hot. Oh, crazy good. And well, as we said, kind of the hero. And the blood. ultimate hero. Yes. Well, That's thank right. Thank you very much. That's right. But yes, I went in there and the dentist is like, oh, the odor. <laughs> you got an impacted tooth. It's like, can you just fix that? We'll do the root canal later. It's like, well, we'll clean it out and you come back next week because we don't want your jaw to be swollen Right. When you're shooting it. So what? we timed it that way. Yeah. But this is the kind of stuff yeah. we do where you're like, just pull it. I got to kiss Carrie Preston. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and then you go to the yoga class. This is yeah. the thing. This is and real then, inside baseball. Yes. This is inside this is, baseball, yeah. kid. And yeah. then yes. Anna and Stephen hired you to play country music for their wedding. What WTF did they ask you for? Like, 
<laughs> you are so funny. Stephen and Anna found my a record I had done, and they just loved it, and they asked yes, me to play yeah. it. Yeah, fabulous. His that music nice. is amazing. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, but you are beautiful. so funny. You're like, ask me about passing out at yoga, the armadillo, the root canal, <laughs> why yeah. I played their wedding, and that's the funniest thing. It's like whenever we ask somebody to come on the show, it's yeah. like we have to pull these memories from our past, and it all feels like a figment of our imagination because every single memory we have is so ridiculous. They're so surreal. But that's why we're able yeah. to even do a show one yeah. because people need to hear these stories <laughs> but two all of you still show up because yeah. you love it just as much as we loved making it yeah. and that means the world to us yeah. yep. yes and there's a lot that went into that behind the scenes the armadillo shitting on you yes. running to the dentist passing out you know being revived at yoga it amazes me what we went through behind the scenes and also, I get to know you a little better because I'm yeah. like, oh my God, Todd has such a great sense of humor that these are the questions you let us know about. <laughs> Another person would be like, no, I had it all together and like I had no problems. But every single cast member yeah. comes on this podcast and has a crazy story or 10. I mean, that yeah. I can't believe you needed a root canal and you just put it off. Your jaw's going to be swollen. It takes yeah. a while to recover from that. Oh, Continuity. The AD is going to be hey, angry. This yeah. is yeah. some show must go on shit that's it for is. sure that is the show must go it on is. that's right oh yeah. my god bless fantastic I'd like to i think open it up to all of you if you have questions for any of the four of us we're just excited to talk true blood yes. and hear from you guys oh, I so see hand right i don't know there. gabby do you yeah. have a gabby mic you can take gonna... to people it's actually all for all four of you perfect i i actually kind of jumped ahead and rewatched all seven seasons totally fine <laughs> what is it about this show that makes it so rewatchable? Like there are shows that you go back and rewatch and not everything holds up, but this one does. And in each of your opinions, I'd like to know what you think that is. Great question. I mean, the attractive people. <laughs> I mean, it certainly kept the television on late Sunday nights and spiced up a lot of marriages, I think, for people. It did. There's a lot of True Blood babies. A lot of True Blood babies. True Blood babies. Yeah. Oh, my god. There's probably, like, millions of 15-year-old sookies right yeah. now. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I know that it was actually incredibly subversive, and it was a really smart show. It was also very, very funny, and there's a lot of weirdos out there who want to feel seen and a lot of us felt seen when we watched True Blood. That's a way better answer than mine. <laughs> well, and I think also then to go to the converse, it was wild and wacky and all those things, but they also tried to ground it where they could, which I also think adds to the rewatchability. So, you know, modeling the fangs on rattlesnake fangs and this idea of, of kind of linking culture and what our world is going through and telling that story through a fantasy lens. And I, you know, I think that... It's that idea of like universality through specificity. Uh, and I think that really lends itself to the show continuing on. Yeah. Yes. I know you saved yourself for last. That was a mistake. And I think <laughs> I still, I think you left me something. Uh-huh. Or building. I'm building. Building. Beautiful. Because doing the podcast, we knew this when we were doing it. I'm going to cry. Tear tracker. We have a tear tracker on Truest Blood where we keep track of how often Kristen cries. Yeah, I can't believe I've made it this far. Just, she did good. But we knew it would happen. <laughs> Is that every C 
single person, 300 people that made this show, was great at what they did. And they were the best of the best. And everyone got the space to do their thing. And this never happens. And Alan Ball would cast the actor, the editor, the director, the costume designer, and then hands off, let them create. So the quality is so good, and this is such a multi-layered cake that every, people are hot, you know what I mean? <laughs> All the way through. She said people are smart, if I need to catch up with it. Yes, people are hot, people are smart, people are good at what they do, it has depth. This is a, this is a really wonderful cake. This is not some flat, old cookie, you know? It has a point of view. I think sometimes yeah. when, when one person tries to control everything, it gets a little watered down with only one perspective. Yeah. And because Alan, you know, part of his genius mm -hmm. was trusting the people that he hired, hired good people and trusted them, mm. it meant that everyone brought a really unique perspective to the show. And then they, it felt like they would, with us, like making you and you a series regular and me, um, is that they would play off of, so like I, one of the writers said they made Pam a regular because they started to see from the Eric and Godric relationship, wait, they would have, Eric and Pam would have that depth of a relationship. So it kept building, right? But that's also a character-based decision, right? So that yeah. also proves how it grounds things because that's not like, oh, we got to keep Pam around because think about the crazy shit that we can do with her. It was like, right. no, they would have a deep connection right. because they're family, right. age-old family. Not many shows are still really making character-based right. decisions like that. Yeah, and remember, too, right. this is, like, I, it was not that long ago, but it was pre social media, like the iPhone came out 2007, we were filming in 2000, like it was pre all of this stuff, which meant it was still like sit down Sunday night, enjoy this show at 9 p.m. and then wait a week for the cliffhanger to be resolved. And I, again, I think there's something to the, the rewatchability of that, that it's, it is trying actively to tell the greatest yarn so that you will continue to come back because they can't count on you binging 86 hours of television because yeah. that wasn't possible at the time. Well, and I, I was, because I was, uh, I'm always doing everything. Like I was that person staying up all night the night before a paper was due. So last night I'm staying up watching season three. I tried to get through the whole thing before today, but I was like, wow, season three, and we still don't know what Sookie is, the lead of the show. Like, talk about slow burn. Yeah. We find it out season three, but not really towards the end. They really right? drew that Drew thread. that out. Yeah. That was another culture that, well, you know. We knew she was a telepath. Right. Yeah. We knew she season. was something, but yeah. we didn't have a word for it. She was a telepath, yeah. and then the, the sparkly fingers, mm -hmm. yes. and then what's with her blood. But that's so vague. <laughs> it's like it, taking that long in a show is incredible. Mostly, if this was a, another kind of show, you find that out in the first episode. Yeah. yeah. They're telling you as the cliffhanger of the pilot. Ooh. Yeah. Producers are uh, not always the most patient. <laughs> right. yeah. So it's good right. to have a showrunner and, and, and a, who, who has producers who trust him and, yeah. and sort of build that. Yeah. 
Any other questions? Hello, this Hi. is for all of you. Is there a particular scene or episode that you wish you could relive and shoot all over again? Oh, gosh. <laughs> hmm. I'd like to do that first day of, of season two again <laughs> with my ex-boss. Yeah. <laughs> Just to enjoy the yeah. sweetness of it. I mean, it's, a, it's an insane question to ask, because again, we did so many things. But I mean, I don't know if this is the right answer, but in terms of like one-liners, <laughs> things that were on a call sheet, um, I had a night where I waxed the hair off of the chest of Don Swayze. <laughs> he was a werewolf. <laughs> and so he was buck naked out in the middle of the woods, and I was feeding off of him, which meant that fake blood, which is basically sticky corn syrup, was all over him. And I had to cab my hands on his hairy chest as I leaned over to bite him and then, like, rise up. And they wanted me to, you know, there's a big crane. They wanted me to throw my hands back, which meant that every time I pulled my hands with this sugar wax on his chest. Oh, wow. He went home that night with Deborah Ann Wool palm prints, like no. waxed off of his chest. Um, and he was an incredible sport about it because it must have been, I think the screams of agony were real. That was a no acting required night for Don. But yeah, that was one of those ones where I went home that night going, I'm going to tell this story forever because <laughs> what the fuck? I don't even, I don't even feel like I remember what I did. <laughs> it's like a fever dream. But I do <laughs> remember, I do remember, and it's something I go back to a lot. I happened to be at work the day that you and Hoyt, when you wipe his mind oh. and memory. I, I, I would not do that scene again. That no, was a very I'm sure sad that was so scene. hard. It was so beautiful to watch. And I just sat on the side and watched you two work and it was so beautiful and I would watch that again and I'm sorry that it was painful. Oh, I mean, you know, actors of this weird masochistic thing where we like a little pain, so it's also fun, but it, it was hard on the day, especially because we also knew that it meant that Jim was leaving, you know, like we, yeah. whenever, it's funny because people you think of it as just the character. For us, it's our friends. It's our family. And so that meant that I wasn't going to see my buddy for mm -hmm. a while. And that, you know, that is also a loss. So you're, you're doing that scene with that in the back mm -hmm. of your mind as well. Kristen? You know, there's some scenes that I don't think, like my turning, mm. being turned. Mm. I waited for that forever. I had been going to hot box yoga because I had to be naked and they weren't going to show a lot of it on screen, but, you know, the crew's seeing me naked and what have you. So I was, and I could get a spray tan because I was human. It was awesome. So I took off like five pounds. So I had to get out of bed, cross the room, slip my wrists, and then turn around and say stuff, you know, emotional stuff. So that's prosthetics on my arms. So there's two big men in flannel that I'm straddling, and they've got gallons of blood that they're trying to pump through these enormous syringes like this big into these tubes that run up my back and come down my arms into these prosthetics. And I'm trying to stay in this place of, I'm killing myself. <laughs> I have to say these lines like, watch me die or walk the earth with me for eternity. And there's these guys like, <laughs> you know, at my feet. 
and it's not really working. And they, and, and they said to me, I have to hold my wrists at a certain angle. So I'm like trying to keep my eyes on how my arms are and check that the blood is flowing evenly between the hands, the arms. And then when I'm looked down, I see these men. And then I'm trying to look across to Alex and connect with him. But, and then the director, we didn't have much or again, but they were running late and he's yelling, it's not working, it's not working from back there. And I'm like, I'm trying. And then I feel like this wet running down my back. So they, they, there's a leak. So then they had to stop and change my kimono or whatever I'm wearing. And they're like, do you want to go change somewhere else? And I'm like, oh, fuck it, no. So I just take off my kimono, standing there naked, straddling these men. They put new tubes on. And they were like, oh, the director's like, oh, my God, we are so behind. we got to get this. I can hear him saying that, right? And Alex had to run to another thing. And he was like, you did great. You did great. And they all leave. And I'm standing there left in the set by myself with like a, a visiting customer that I didn't know no. who's like holding towels. She's like, do you want a towel? And then I really cried. Like, what, So I would not ever wanted to have to do that again because you think you'd do it better, but I don't think I would. And then it came out fine yeah. on, you know, when they edit it. Yeah. It's like, it's fine. I mean, that's the crazy thing about, again, any, really any acting job, but, you know, the, the smooth, lovely thing that you see at home. You know, we were talking to Simon Jays. going to ruin it for everyone, but it's like, really, this is how it goes. But this is, but, you know, we talk about inside baseball, and that's really what I get excited about with this yeah, podcast, is really letting, you know, people at home who don't necessarily know a lot about this industry, letting you all in yeah. on really, what does this take? And, yeah. you know, we had a, we interviewed our, our lead camera operator and steady camera operator, Simon, who did the entire season. And a lot of times he's acting with you. He's got this heavy rig on and he's walking through the scenes with you. And he reminded us that more often than not, he is the other person in the love scene. <laughs> And because thinking, I'm the third person in every love scene. So, and I'm thinking back and I'm like, yeah, I have straddled Simon Chase and made love to that mat box a number of yes. times. <laughs> I remember while I was, someone I was, else bounces the bed from yes. behind. I remember I was a dog, I think. <laughs> and then I jumped, or I was a pig, maybe I was a pig. And then I sw- swooped back into human form tackled a woman yes and then naked at that point i say and i beat the shit out of her and you're and naked beating I'm naked, her up yes. and i'm naked on top of her and i go this is for my daughter this is for something and this is for my man or you stupid piece of trash and i'm just on top of this woman beating the shit out of her <laughs> completely naked and it was simon it was simon <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you have it. Any more questions? Next question. Time for Next question. Another one or two questions? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love the show totally. Um, I just I guess my question would be uh, with HBO being known for basically kind of ending shows a little quicker than us fans would like. Do you guys feel like you were able to push everything you really wanted for the show during the last season? Because I kind of felt that season was rushed. But like, how would you guys think? Uh, you needed maybe like an extra season or so, or like what would you guys say? 
Excellent question. I wasn't there, so yeah. you three can answer. I wasn't there. It was barely there. Like two episodes. Yeah, that's right. I don't know, Kristen. I mean, honestly, seven is a pretty good long run for a series. Yeah. And, you know, even though it's a show with a lot of crazy things, that's a hard bar to continue to top. So I think an extra season probably would have strained <laughs> even our very creative writers' minds. I think... You know, sh these shows are extraordinarily difficult to write and wrap up and make sure that it works. And I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think seven, even six might have been enough. I think I'm very grateful that we knew and that our writers knew that the show was ending. I've done other shows where you think you're coming back and then suddenly you're canceled. And I was like, but I didn't steal anything from the set, you know? Um, I didn't say goodbye to the, the crew. That's and the mostly that the loved. case in this industry. So that's generally the case. So the fact we are very, very lucky that we knew that this was the last day, that this was the last season, this was the last shot we were going to have to tell the story we wanted to tell... And especially as an actor, you have so little control over the story, your story, when it ends, when it starts, any of it. So you're just trying to look for any opportunity. And I, I promise you, we did not let anything go if, if we could have used it. And then all of the vampires get to go age Yes, we get to actually as yeah. the humans they really are. I was I was seventeen nice. for seven years. <laughs> that is hard to maintain. Yeah. I wanted more. No, that's, good. that's okay. I did. I mean, I was really tired, but I like you know night shooting. My body didn't like bouncing back and forth between day and night, and then. Season seven, we normally got days off, but I didn't really season seven because Alex had to go be Tarzan. So we right. had to shoot him out kind of early. He had a hard out. He did. He had a hard That's out. That's the industry term for, and we need to get, yeah. he needs to leave now. Yeah, because all the ladies like, he did have a hard out. He did have a hard out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like, still am crying about it. Is that two? Yeah. Okay. This one. It's good. It was like two and a half. It was like two. Yeah. You had a little. I had uh, a little. A yeah. Two and yeah. A half. I was like devastated the whole season because everything since we knew, I knew everything was the last. I was like, oh, this is the last time we're going to be wherever, you know. This is the last time someone's okay. going to explode. In I know. Yeah. It's the last time we're going to decapitate somebody. <laughs> I'm giving I'm giving that a full three. That's a hard three tier tracker, Kristen. A hard three. Yeah. Another question? Yeah. Which scene did you like that was the most gruesome of them all? Gruesome. Most Ooh, gruesome. Yeah. I think I'd have to vote for one I'm not a part of. Oh, that's pretty good. Sookie slipping in Grand's blood in season oh, one. I think that, that is a good wins. call. That, that is wins. a top five. Person. That is a good, good call. Yeah. The, the cat spinning in the fan above her. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty rough. Yeah. Gruesome. Alan Ball, you fucking weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, when they kill Longshot. I mean, this is, this is all Sookie. Poor Sookie. And they just, they just poured oh. buckets of blood on top of her. That was unbelievable. They had a garden hose. They did. With gallons of blood. And it just came 
out. And it was the first time we did something that gory. So all of a sudden we look over at Video Village where the directors and producers watch everything on the screen. And there was every producer. There was, so all of a sudden there's like 30 people like with popcorn just like just can't wait for this blood. That was an intense day. Yeah. But it's I, in the title, baby. It is. It's so. in the title, baby. I might go for the ripping out the spine just because it's Dennis O'Hare yeah. and yeah. the speech he gives. It's oh. so spectacular. And then his hands like that. Like, yeah. that was just so brilliant. He should have won an Oscar and an Emmy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Somehow, he would win <laughs> an Oscar. Somehow. If anyone was going Somehow. to, yes, it would be Dennis, Dennis O'Hare. O'Hare. Yeah. Do you have another question? Gabby's running. Coming, coming, coming. Running. coming She's coming. our I'm fabulous Gabby producer. Ahead, our producer Woo, Gabby. Gabby. Woo, give it up for Gabby. She's amazing. Yes. You guys seem like you have such a great rapport with one another. Would you say that you had um, met friends for, for life on this show? 100%. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. Well, and, and take a look at it too. Like, we didn't work together. Right, like right. Janina and I didn't share scenes no. in a significant way. It was just because we had these table reads and we were part of this weird thing that no one else could relate to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna cry again. But like my my only overlapping with Luna was I. You know, someone says. You Sam stole her, you says, stole her baby. Her, oh, right. Her I stole, puppy baby. Apparently, yeah. I stole her, your you dog did. baby. She was a dog at the time. <laughs> I don't think I did it. And what am I saying? She was a wolf. She's a wolf. <laughs> but we used these dogs, and then we painted them to look like... Well, they were hybrids. They were like half wolf. They were half... Just don't whoa, worry about whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Catch me up on that. Yeah. <laughs> because I thought, and I was talking to whomever was handling... The, the wolves, were they all hybrids? Yes. Yeah. By the second season onward, they were these huge... My understanding wolves. was, because they're a pack animal, you couldn't hire just one. If you needed one for the shot, they had, there had to be four. Like on set? On set. Yeah, they always had more than one. And the, and the crazy thing is, my was because my daughter had to stay young for the whole season. They were breeding these babies uh-huh. and they all had to look the same. So it was like they were having litters to make sure that at least one came out with the specific markings and they would oh, fill, it, it fill okay. them in with like, um, you know, non-toxic uh, dye and to be able to get the markings to look the same so you could never tell. And then they always found homes for them. How could they not? They were the yeah. most beautiful, massive but hybrid. But they get to be about 120, 140 pounds. Yeah, right? they were huge. And, yeah. But you'd see them chasing their tails like a normal dog, but they're these enormous creatures that look like wolves and the crazy thing part of also why they think they had so many and we'll do a whole episode on the animals so stay tuned for truest blood but is because they're performers right but they're not performers like us where you can just you know work us for hours and hours and expect us to do well no and i had a scene um in first or second season where i was interacting with a dog and just between takes I uh, I don't know if it was Sam as a dog. Yeah, it probably it was, was something like that. But the dog, the the practical real dog they had on set, I wanted to scratch it and pet its ears. Like, no, you can't look these dogs in the eye. You can't even do that to them. <laughs> they're not a dog. They're they're a show dog. That right. You don't interact with like a normal yeah, normal and, dog. Yeah, and there was a lot of stuff where so with the, the wolves, I had to do a scene opposite this wolf, and to get it to growl at me, there is no like training it to do that. They gave it a piece of meat and then took it away. (laughs) 
and it growled. It's all bad, basically. Um, so the dog so, was method. Yeah, the animals are method. And part of it is they, the trainers are very well aware of seeing the signs of when it's gone too far, when that animal is no longer able to pull itself back. And I remember the actress, uh, Britt, who was playing Debbie Pelt, has this incredible energy, right? Perfect for the character. That's right. And she kicked this door in at Sookie's house, and these two wolves were supposed to flank in on either side of her. But her energy is so fucking alpha. They did, like, three takes of it, and on the fourth, one of the dogs just went, towards her hand, didn't take any, didn't touch her, but they, the handlers jumped up, they went, we're done, we're done, there's no more takes, that dog is starting to edge towards that territory where it can't do this scene anymore safely. Whatever you got, we need to do CGI with animals, Mm. that's the bottom line. So it's just, you know, it's a a very, it's a very unique thing working with animals like that. Mm -hmm. That wasn't your question. Yeah, what was we're the question? <laughs> we're all really good friends. I don't friends. remember what the question was. That is true. But yes, we're lifelong friends. friends. That was the question, right? Yeah. We're lifelong friends. friends. Yeah. yeah, we're friends. And we're there friends. were just yes. so many of us that yeah. you, you know, you, I always say, like, find your people, guard them fiercely. And it's hard enough to do that in this world. But you really could find your people in this show. Yeah. It was a really, it was lightning in a bottle. And there's a thing, too, again, this unique experience, right? I mean, when you're pulling 80-hour weeks, nights, splits, your weekends are like, get up, do some laundry, sleep, come back to work. You're all uncomfortable. I mean, and crew and cast and everyone together, there is a camaraderie. There's a, a sense of, like, we did this together. We left it all on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone did have everyone's back, mainly. Yeah. You know, of course, there's always going to be a couple. But we had each other's back. Yeah. yeah. That was our last question, but we're going to end our podcast how we usually do with a special question for Todd. Okay, so Todd, (laughs) if you had to distill your experience down to three words, your experience on the show, what three words come to mind? Wow, I'm on the the spot. (laughs) Very much. Gratitude. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Creativity. Yeah. And elation. Oh, oh see, this is the kind of way I'm going to cry again. <laughs> I'm counting five. Tear tracker. This is a five tier episode. That's a good one. Gratitude. That means it's a good one. Yeah. Elation. Amazing. Thank you, Todd. Thank, thank you, you so Trulies, for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you to all of you, our audience at Monster Palooza. Amazing. Subscribe and follow wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed that special live recording of Truest Blood at Monster Palooza. So much fun. That was fun, Deb, to be there with you live. And Todd was spectacular. He's spectacular. He's super cool. And with Janina. Janina. You know, we're going to be talking to her. I, I'm, I'm so excited we got to kick off this season with a special live episode with all of us in the same room. But going forward, next week on Truest Blood, we have the best costume designer in the business joining us. 
Audrey Fisher will be here to tell us all about the design and logistics of costuming this enormous show. I will always owe her a debt of gratitude for every Pam outfit. This will be a great one. Thanks for listening, Trubies. Subscribe and follow wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we'll see you next week. Y'all come back now, you hear. Truest Blood is produced by Safe Haven for HBO. Executive producers are Janina Gavonkar, Kristen Bauer, and Deborah Ann Wool. Our producer is Gabrielle Galan, and our audio producer is Christopher Wool. Our theme song was recorded just for this podcast by Jace Everett. Additional music was composed by Timo Chen. And remember, you can watch all of the original episodes of True Blood on Max. is coming back and so is the official Hacks podcast. With us, your hosts. I'm Paul W. Downs. I'm Jen Statsky. And I'm Lucia Aniello. We're the creators and showrunners. Each week on the podcast, we'll break down the new episodes. We'll also have special guests, cast and crew from the show like Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart. Hacks Season 3 is available to stream now on Max. Be sure to listen wherever you get your podcasts or listen directly on Max.